I'm John Beethan with AlternativeHealthTools.com, the podcast. And this is episode 50, titled Human Slavery to Human Freedom with Daniel Walker, who lives in New Zealand. It's subtitled Fighting from a Place of Wholeness, Self-Compassion, and Acceptance Knowing that I Am Enough. Appropriate to be released on this date, the 4th of July weekend, 2016. And so you know, this episode contains sensitive material about human trafficking, but there's nothing explicit here. But for you, and what is here, is the story of how Daniel discovered the powerful link between self-compassion and performance, and how he was able to transform his own mindset into a more resilient self-compassion in order to operate successfully within the traumatic and stressful environments he worked in. There are many, many references to the work of Brene Brown, so if you're curious about that work, listen on. You know, I don't say this with any judgment. Uh, This was just my story. I... I, I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to make a significant difference because in doing so, I, I came to see that uh, if, I, if I was that superhero, if I was the guy making a difference, rescuing women and children, then I must be okay. You know, then I must be a good guy. And, and I could look uh, at myself then with, with acceptance and, and say, you know, look, I am okay. Uh, look at these great things I'm doing. Mm-hmm. As opposed to what I've discovered is a, is a far more healthy and freeing place is doing that work from, well, doing anything, doing any kind of, um, uh, doing life actually from a place of wholeness and worthiness uh, where we're not fighting for freedom, we're fighting from freedom. We're fighting from a place of wholeness and worthiness where we know deep within ourselves, in our bones, as Mm -hmm. Brene Brown uh, would say, that we are enough. want to welcome everyone back to alternativehealthtools.com, the podcast. And today, I am really fortunate to introduce Daniel Walker. And Daniel was introduced to me through Amanda Wirtz. So Amanda was on episode 42. That was titled Service Above Self, Building Hope for the Future of Others. And evidently, Amanda and Daniel met each other in New Zealand when she was there really a couple of weeks ago. So Daniel, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. It's really great to have you. Really, really. How did you and Amanda Amanda meet, actually? Well, we were both speakers at a, a Rotary International Conference, and uh, I was talking about uh, human slavery to human freedom, mm-hmm. and um, Amanda was telling her story, and yeah, we, we connected in and around that event. Nice. Well, Amanda's amazing. Um, like her podcast, you know, is um, Service Above Self, so she's all about helping other people. And I'm looking at your website at danielwalker.nz, and uh, it's subtitled Undercover Agent, Author, and Speaker. So uh, I was just sort of curious, when you did meet Amanda and everything, what, what did you speak on while you were there? Well, I basically just uh, told my story uh, in a similar way to mm-hmm. Amanda does, I guess, um, uh, but a very different story uh, from working undercover in the human trafficking, uh, particularly sex trafficking industry, mm-hmm. um, 
uh, working as an investigator gathering evidence that uh, could be used to set women and children free from sex trafficking mm -hmm. uh, to writing a book uh, and um, founding a, an organization that um, uh, that goes even deeper into into the darkness of, of human slavery mm -hmm. uh, to to speaking about my experiences and uh, my journey and uh, the things I've seen and learned along the way. Mm -hmm. How long did you do that? Uh, well, I worked for an American organization for four years and then for uh, the organization I founded in New Zealand for four years. So I, I guess I've spent uh, between eight to ten years mm -hmm. um, specifically in the in the human trafficking arena. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. Part of the reason you're here is because this topic has come to my attention twice in one week where I was asked to introduce somebody at a concert here outside of San Diego on a, for a benefit for an organization that uh, helps create safe houses for those um, really children that have escaped and uh, need a place to stay. So, and I know that really you've, you've gone beyond that in a sense. And um, you're, you're really talking about a completely different thing right now, which is really your journey and, and your awareness. And, and it's a completely different topic right now. It's, you know, my notes basically are saying, you know, it's like wanting to go deeper in knowing um, we are enough and the journey from human, human slavery. So let's, let's talk about a little bit of that because you had some sort of defining moment, right? Yes, well, I guess a number of defining moments. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, you know, I like many boys wanted to be a, a superhero when I when I grew up, and uh, subsequently, um, after finishing university, uh, joined the the police and became a detective, and uh, and certainly loved that life of um, you know being the being the good guy, being the hero, uh, and then learned about. Um, an organization that used detectives to to gather evidence to go undercover in um, a number of countries. U ultimately, I worked in 12 countries around the world, including the United States, actually, um, pretending to be a, a pedophile, a sex tourist, a sex tour operator, uh, going into brothels, gentlemen's clubs, um, organized crime, and uh, buying and selling women and children, uh, but in doing so, gathering evidence. Mm. Of, of those crimes such that uh, we could facilitate uh, two things. Firstly, the rescue of, of the victims uh, and uh, their placement in an in a aftercare facility, but also the prosecution, um, uh, seeking justice uh, for those who, who were involved. Because there are a number of uh, organizations that just focus on the rescue, and, and that's fantastic, and for every you know, one is enough. We always say that uh, if, if all we do is, is rescue one woman or one child, it is enough. Um, but, of course, it's such a massive global industry, you know, 100 billion U.S. dollars uh, and growing every year, the fastest growing criminal industry, uh, international criminal industry in the world. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's absolutely massive. So unless we also prosecute uh, and bring down some of those um, criminal entities involved, then uh, we're always going to be the, the ambulance at the, at the bottom of the cliff. So it was very much about um, rescue, about prosecution, 
And uh, yeah, I suppose the, probably the first defining moment for me was um, was walking into a brothel in, in Southeast Asia, uh, and um, you know this was a, a village that whose number one income was the sale of children. And um, you know the brothel manager came into the room and he had two girls who were about fifteen and sixteen years old. Um, and uh, you know based on the information I'd seen, uh, I knew there were younger children available. So I, I said, actually, no, I'm looking for something a bit different. Thanks anyway, and, and went to leave. And uh, he said, oh, no, no, wait, 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 I know what you want. And he left the room, and um, he came back in the room a few moments later, and he had two six-year-old girls. Mm. And they had uh, pigtails, uh, piggy tails in their hair and, and teddy bears on their shirt. And uh, he said, for 30 US dollars, you can have these girls and do whatever you want. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I pretended to be thrilled, of course, and said, you know, wow, this is awesome. I've got some clients that will love these children, uh, do you have any more? And, and he said, absolutely. And over the next three weeks, he introduced me to nearly 50 children oh, between geez. between the ages of five and 12 years old who were being sold uh, every day to men from uh, Australia, United States, Canada, Europe, New Zealand, uh, and other Asian countries. And um, yeah, we went on to uh, set up a sting operation. Uh, the local police were able to, uh, um, after some uh, convincing, <laughs> mm. uh, to join us. And, and we, we did uh, facilitate the rescue of some of those children, but not all. And, um, yeah, the youngest child I carried out of a brothel that day was, was five years old. Um, uh, but there were many more children that I had met and documented and gathered evidence upon who uh, we weren't able to rescue uh, because, uh, well, for a number of reasons, logistically on the on the day of the operation, um, you know, there was a tip-off, there were things that went wrong, uh, and, uh, yeah, I just didn't have enough hands in, in one case to, to hold on to the children, and they'd been told to, to run mm. when the police arrived, and, and run they did. And, um, yeah, it was a, it was a traumatic uh, event uh, both at one end of the spectrum, completely amazing to to carry, as I say, a, a five-year-old girl out of a place of, of, of rape for profit, um, but also to watch these other children uh, run from uh, our, our, our rescue operation back into the arms of, of those who would continue to exploit them, and, and we, we never saw them again. So, yeah, it's... Uh, that that was probably one of one of the the early defining moments. Just showing how 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 easy it is in some senses to to uh, combat uh, modern day slavery. Mm. Um, you know, as you said, there is a growing awareness around the world that there, that there are more slaves today than at any other time in human history. Mm. And uh, and the fact that uh, you know sex trafficking, human trafficking is is um, the fastest growing form of slavery uh, is um, you know is repugnant and uh, in, in, in one sense an indictment on on our, our modern um, global community. Mm -hmm. So at this point, in terms of your speaking engagements, is it largely to just bring awareness to people? No, it's not. Uh, no, I, I went on to. Um, to uh, work in that industry, as I said, for four years, and uh, I, I loved every minute of it. Um, and certainly, raising awareness of the issue was was huge. Um, 
but uh, I guess I've discovered raising awareness in and of itself doesn't necessarily change anything. Mm. Uh, that uh, there is so much awareness now uh, out there, but uh, but you know, currently the statistics have have not changed. Um, less than one percent of all victims uh, will be rescued, and um, and that's as of today's uh, statistics. You know which. Which represents an appalling failure on behalf of the global community to uh, to combat this crime. You know, if um, if you had a if if the criminals in uh, in your community had less than a one percent chance of getting caught, uh, if they if they burgled your home or or uh, you know attacked your family, then you would be incredibly uh, vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's basically almost zero risk. In, in fact, in some countries, you're more likely to be hit by lightning than you are to be held accountable for mm. for tra- trafficking and 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 human beings. So, so it's not just. Certainly, it starts with raising awareness. But um, you know, this work uh, destroyed me. Um, it uh, the first time around. It uh, it really. I was because I saw so many things uh, behind the the brothel doors. Um, that were traumatic, and in some cases we were able to to rescue these women and children, but in so many more cases we were not. Um, you know, the, the corruption, the the gender inequality, the 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 huge criminal machine uh, that profits from mm. from this industry was sometimes just so great. And uh, yeah, I became completely burned out, and um, all, it was all consuming. This 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 work of of rescue, and uh, it ultimately led me to be, uh, you know, uh, I ended up back in New Zealand, uh, divorced, uh, depressed, and and very very discouraged. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, I'd been able to rescue several hundred women and children, but had left several thousand uh, behind, and uh, I didn't know what to do with that. Um, and it was actually during that time that uh, I went to see the, the police psychologist and was working through secondary trauma. Uh, and he encouraged me to write down my, my thoughts. And I wrote a book uh, called God in a Brothel. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and that was very cathartic. It was very healing to, to do so. Uh, and, and also quite, uh, you know, a huge weight lifted from my shoulders because in writing the book, I, I hoped that uh, people would read the book and in reading the book, they would, they would join the, the movement, join mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the fight. And, uh, and it was on the back of that book, uh, that I talked about this dream I had of, of founding an organization that, um, would, uh, allow the work to be more sustainable. That would, um, where the, the staff, the investigators, would have mandatory uh, care, basically self-care, um, organisational care, where there would be counselling and debriefing, and um, uh, the spouses would be included, uh, just so that the work, in recognition of the of the work, uh, that it could be more sustainable. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, in 2012, we founded Invader, um, and. Uh, that was that was the goal, and uh, we we set up an office in Thailand, and uh, uh, have a, a number of staff working there to this day who are continuing in the work of of rescue and prosecution, mm-hmm. and um, and hopefully doing so in a more sustainable way that that looks after the staff that that is um, uh, that the work is done in recognition of the fact that the the people doing the rescue. 
the people donating and supporting the work, uh, the people running the office and, and working on the computers, you know, that their freedom is as important as the freedom of those we're seeking to serve. And that if we become slaves ourselves in the process of helping other people be free, then uh, we are not helping anyone. Mm. Yeah, and that's 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 where the shift sort of in your consciousness about all this really has come to, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I um, and that's I know the ongoing challenge for so many people in uh, not just um, organizations fighting literal human slavery, but any time I think a human being uh, sets out on a journey to make a difference in the world, mm-hmm. to um, to add value to others, to serve others. Uh, to give the basis upon which we do that, I think is is um, absolutely crucial uh, to whether what we do is an expression of us just hustling for our worthiness, mm-hmm. um, where where we are really just seeking to make a difference because we, you know, there's some unmet need in ourselves. We want to feel good about ourselves. You know, the more significant that was, and that was certainly my case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't say this with any judgment. Uh, this was just my story. I, I, I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to um, make a significant difference because, in doing so, I, I came to see that uh, if I if I was that superhero, if I was the guy making a difference, rescuing women and children, then I must be okay. You know, then I must be a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I could look uh, at myself then with with acceptance and and say, um, you know, look, I am okay. I look at this great look at these great things I'm doing, mm-hmm. as opposed to what I've um, discovered is a is a far more um, healthy mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and freeing place is doing that work from well, doing anything, doing any kind of, um, uh, doing life actually from a place of wholeness and worthiness, uh, we're, we're not fighting for freedom. We're fighting from freedom. We're, mm-hmm. we're fighting from a place mm-hmm. of wholeness and worthiness where we know deep within ourselves in our bones, as mm-hmm. Brene Brown, uh, would say that we are enough. We are. enough, And, uh, yeah. And so the, the, the work to, uh, to set other people free in whatever form it takes um, is then not done as an expression of our own slavery and uh, unworthiness and inadequacy, which often leads to so much, uh, you know, destruction and, and burnout and uh, uh, and misplaced uh, effort uh, and ego, um, uh, but uh, but comes from a place of wholeness and worthiness, so that even. If and probably when we fail, um, those failures are not tied to our identity, to our significance, our purpose, our meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we can we can continue in the face of of failure and disappointment, uh, and when our efforts, um, uh, you know, as as I described, when we fail to rescue those women and children, for example, uh, it, it doesn't destroy us because um, what we do. It does not define us. It's it's uh, it's who we are. It's who we are. Yeah, that's fabulous. No, I really like it. There, there's a part of there's a part of me in all this that is just is somewhat speechless. And uh, you know, it's like what does what does someone do about this particular situation? But what you had spoken to a few minutes ago about 
sort of losing yourself in thinking that if you do X, if this happens, then you will be worthy. Um, I, I mean, I see that. I see that a lot. I see that a lot. And mm-hmm. you know, living in Southern California, there's a lot of people that are really focused on helping other people. Um, I just met somebody with lunch that is doing a project on the homeless and, uh, you know, it's easy to see that people just get totally drained by it when, and, and not coming from, from the place that you're talking about Mm. coming from a place of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. As I say, it's not limited to, to fighting literal slavery. If anything, uh, this journey is, has only been, uh, highlighted because we were fighting uh, literal slavery, but ironically, it was actually a a slave, if you like, who who first revealed uh, this to me. Mm. And um, you know, she was a um, a fifteen year old girl from from Burma, from Myanmar, mm-hmm. and uh, she had been uh, trafficked. Her auntie actually came to the family, and and trafficking is just deception and and coercion you know it's lies and force and and she came with a lie to to the family uh to telling the parents that she could get uh um uh eva uh the 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 15 year old daughter a job in in northern thailand selling uh, clothing and and she would be able to make some great money and send it home and support the family so they believed the auntie and eva went with uh went with the auntie to northern Thailand, but uh, as so often happens, the auntie took her straight to a brothel. Uh, she sold her, and she sold her as a, a virgin, so she got uh, you know great money because Eva was still a virgin. And the brothel manager then kept her imprisoned until he could find a customer who was willing to pay the very high price to rape a, a virgin. And uh, sadly, ultimately, that, that man uh, came forward some weeks later and... Um, and Eva was uh, raped and and then put out with the other girls uh, in this brothel. You know, bars on the windows, chains on the doors, and um, a steady stream of of men willing to exploit her. Uh, and um, one of my colleagues was able to infiltrate that place and and meet Eva and and uh, find out that she was a victim of trafficking. The local police uh, did raid that place and and she was rescued some months later. And when they took Eva back to um, to collect her belongings from that brothel after the, the perpetrators had been arrested, they saw this writing on the wall above her bed in what had effectively been her, her prison cell. And they said, Eva, what's this this writing on the wall? And and she said, uh, well, the, the writing there is, is uh, it's a psalm from the Old Testament. And it says, when evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, even then... I will trust that you are good, that you are for me, and that I am loved. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I find that, I mean, um, it, it's hard to tell that uh, without right, actually right. Uh, shedding a few tears myself. But, you know, I, I saw in this petite little 15 or 16-year-old uh, girl um, – you know, she she was uh, in one sense, yes, she was rescued from physical captivity, but in another sense, uh, she was free long before she was ever rescued because she knew who she was. Mm-hmm. Um, she couldn't understand or articulate the trauma that she was experiencing, but she knew that um, there was a part of her that could never be taken, uh, that was that was worthy, no matter 
you know, what, how she was treated by those around her. And it's a common theme, you know, Viktor Frankl um, mm-hmm. in, in uh, Nazi concentration camps uh, discovered the same thing. And that essentially, you know, between stimulus and response, there is that very small space. Mm. Uh, but in that space lies our, our freedom and it's, and it's the space of I am, you know, that I am, uh, I am enough uh, and I am loved. Uh, and that nobody or nothing can can take that away, um, and and if then I, I suppose it was Eva who who began my uh, uh, who inspired me to to go deeper because when my own life did um, fall apart around me, um, uh, it was it was uh, her inspiration and others like her uh, who who pointed me to to a place where actually uh, I'm, I, I don't want to ever again live out of a place of shame and, uh, you know, I am not, um, you know, I'm not uh, good enough, I'm not handsome enough, strong enough, fast enough, mm. whatever enough, mm-hmm. uh, but actually only ever, uh, especially when, when it comes to um, serving other people, uh, giving and, and uh, adding value to, to, you know, whether it's just our family, our community, the world. Uh, that we that we um, invite are invited to do that from a place of wholeness and um, uh, uh, and and not shame. Mm-hmm. It makes total sense. Yeah. Well, I just you know part of me wants to just ask the question is you know what can we do? Um, I mean, started talking about awareness and we're going deeper into that subject certainly. And um, I also it was brought to my attention that it is that this whole human trafficking is so widespread that you could pretty much go to any mall from two o'clock till four or five o'clock in the afternoon and actually witness it really happening. And there's a part of me that when I became I don't know if that's true. I was going to ask you what you thought of that in a minute, but but there's just a big part of me that wants to. <sighs> go to one of these places, go to one of these malls and, you know, do something, stop it. I mean, I don't know. What can people do? Uh, well, I mean, you have to, I guess, yeah. you know, in the, in the past I would have said, um, in the past I would have, well, first of all, that's absolutely uh, true in that uh, it is, as I said, the fastest growing criminal industry. It, it, and it is only the fastest growing criminal industry because so many people are making so much money from it um, and uh, and because the bad guys can. And, um, uh, you know, I have, I have worked in uh, Washington, D.C., in Las Vegas, Nevada, and Atlanta, Georgia, and have bought and sold uh, young women and children in the land of the the free and the home of the brave, mm-hmm. uh, where you know statistically there are more than a hundred thousand children and young people being sold every day on on the streets um, here and, in the U.S. And in, the, in the United States, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know we we again we gathered evidence, we passed that on to the authorities, and in some cases. They were able to intervene and and uh, facilitate rescue and prosecution, and in other cases they were not. Um, and uh, yeah, a mall, as you said, is is often one of those places where um, where uh, young women, young girls in particular, are are, are preyed upon. Um, so I, I suppose in, in the past, as I say, I would have responded by saying, "Well, there's 
you know, there's all sorts of organizations in the United States. There's aftercare centers. There's um, there's uh, rescue organizations. Uh, certainly, uh, would encourage people to be aware so that when they see things, you know, it's like the uh, the war on terror in a way. I mean, you know, encouraging people to to be vigilant, and mm. uh, uh, I suppose in the same way, uh, the the war on slavery. Um, but I guess um, coming back to what we were. Mm-hmm. talking about earlier, I suppose I would say that before you do anything is um, is to just ex- do some self-examination, I suppose. And uh, yes, absolutely, uh, join, join the fight, uh, join the movement, um, uh, absolutely. But, um, but maybe uh, by self-examination, I mean, again, I don't mean endless introspection, but but join the fight at a time when you know you are doing so, again, from a place of freedom uh, and wholeness. And obviously, that's a, an ongoing journey. Um, uh, but I, I guess all I would say is, um, you know, talk to those around you. Talk to those who who uh, act as, as um, friends, family, coaches, mentors in your life. Um, because if you go into this, uh, work of of abolition of of again fighting for fighting for freedom, uh, it can and will chew you up and and spit you out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and just like any just like any uh, as you said major issue that involves human trauma and suffering, whether it's whether it's this or or like you said earlier, fighting homelessness, uh, whatever it is, any kind of of service, um, it can chew you up and and spit you out. Um, and uh, and the the invitation I think is to is to first um, do do that internal work uh, such that um, such that you come to this place from a place of freedom mm-hmm. uh, and and this work is if you like an overflow of the freedom that you already know and experience mm-hmm. uh, because if you go into this into this uh, arena uh, or any similar arena like it. Uh, you you will it will end up in uh, it, it will consume you it will you know like like many uh, or if it's a cause like many others it will it will chew you up and spit you out and so yeah I guess I would say um, it, it's it's both and right it's um uh, and, and that's actually the, the the conversation I had with um, with Amanda uh, who you referred to earlier on because. Um, uh, you know, we we grew up we grew up in our Judeo Christian uh, culture where um, the the religious paradigm has sometimes twisted what what is a good thing. Uh, you know, we're, we're invited to love others as we love ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, and we in so many uh, of our communities we have this idea that that uh, we are supposed to love others more than. Uh, ourselves, and that uh, serving others in a sacrificial kind of way um, is uh, is 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 the only way, and uh, is in fact the more noble way. Where um, you know, I, I suppose just from my own experience, I've I've found that to be flawed, uh, to be untrue, and ultimately lead to, as I say, brokenness and and uh, and burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, if if we we do whatever work we're involved in, if we're doing it from a place of I will uh, I will show myself the same love and care and compassion uh, that I 
want uh, to to show others around me, uh, then this work suddenly becomes incredibly sustainable um, and uh, and life giving. Mm. Um, and I don't say that just for the health and safety and welfare of of ourselves, uh, but you know the very fact that. Um, that there's a, an army of young men in America who can go into malls and and twist and seduce uh, the minds of of so many uh, young women and children. Um, I think again is is a is a, a sign that we are not doing a good job of of helping young people know that they are enough. Such that you know uh, again it's it's that wider invitation to transform culture, such that young women. Uh, know that they are loved, that they are enough, and that uh, no no lies, uh, no sweet-talking, you know, dream-selling pimp uh, can then pose a threat to the, the hearts and minds of our daughters because, because they know that um, they are worthy, they know they're loved, uh, and they, they therefore are more resilient and, and will um, be less likely to, to fall for the the predators that uh, would seek to enslave and traffic them. Yep, yep. I was going to talk a little bit about some resources. You had mentioned Brene Brown, and I think we may have talked about Byron Katie. Um, I have a very favorite uh, Buddhist uh, meditation teacher, Tara Brock. Um, and I've experienced those three people in that work. And I, I'm giving resources here for people mainly because, I mean, how does one get in touch with um, reality in a sense of, of um, not the trance? And I think so many people live in a trance. The other thing I was going to say is that, is that these young people, these, these young girls, even young boys, um, I've become aware of an organization called Reology who is in the process of rebranding themselves as three degrees of consciousness. And one thing that probably was one of the more um, useful things that I learned from it is that one thing they don't do is they don't blame, nor do they praise. So in terms of relating with other people and especially with kids, it's like it's not so important to give so much praise to children as to find out and ask them what it what did what do you think about it? So some child comes home from school with a painting, typically the parents praise the child for the painting rather than ask the question, so how do how do you like the painting? So in other words, I think as we're always looking for the love and also looking for um some sort of verification outside of ourselves, we're not really going to be able to, how do I want to say it, not really going to be able to stand on our own two feet in terms of our own worthiness being fine of who we are, as long, you know, if we're constantly looking for something outside of ourselves. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Brene Brown. I mean, she's done such uh, an amazing job and, and is such an amazing resource and gift, I think, to to the, our Western culture, uh, where so much of our society is based on scarcity and shame. It's it's uh, you know, unless you're living this life, buying these things, um, mm-hmm. participating in this kind of endless drive for uh, for that sense of um, happiness or contentment or or ultimately worthiness um, she's done a great job of of pulling the scab back on on those things and um, 
uh, and yeah, naming naming shame for what it is, and and encouraging people to embrace uh, through courage um, their own shame and and vulnerability, and uh, and living out of that uh, uh, place. Uh, with courage, uh, wholehearted living, and she uh, and Kristen Neff N E F F is another uh, amazing um, uh, resource. Uh, she's she's uh, done some great research into into self compassion, uh, and essentially Brene Brown and Kristen Neff are are um, joining forces, if you like, and uh, um, uh, and communicating to so many people that. Um, uh, as I said earlier, that unless we are showing ourselves the same love and compassion and self-acceptance that we so uh, desire to give to those around us, mm-hmm. um, then then what we're doing uh, in, in many ways um, can be uh, imploded like a house of cards. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but but that those that 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 place of self-acceptance. Uh, self self compassion is such a a strong place because we're we're yeah as as um as Eva uh, revealed um, mm. from from you know a fifteen year old girl um, in such a horrible place of slavery she she was at the same time uh, uh, immovable and um, and uh, because she knew who she was she knew she was enough she knew she was was uh, was worthy incredible i don't know if you're aware of it um we actually did an episode it was number 31 um with renee aria it was titled shame to shine flip your flaws and this was a lot about shame this was about a woman that uh i believe she was a uh you know, um, very, getting to be a well-known model, really beautiful, and then she discovered she had a brain tumor, and it completely paralyzed one side of her face, and she had to deal with that in terms mm. of shame. And uh, so, and, and we did this episode long before I heard about Brene Brown, but going deeper into the work of Brene, what what else would you say? I mean. When, how does someone usually experience what is required to like go into the work that Brene Brown does? I mean, I know she's got a lot of books and written a lot and on a lot of videos and things. I, I think she got really well known at a TED Talk. Is that how it all started for her, I think? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I'm entirely qualified to... Um, sure you are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say how I came to Brene Brown was... That's all uh, I'm asking, well, sure. Well, yeah, exactly. was was uh, some of her books, uh, Rising Strong um, and, mm. uh, you know, The Gift of Imperfection. Um, and, uh, yeah, she, she's done some... Written some amazing books. Uh, there are some uh, TED Talks online uh, that uh, yeah, where she basically put this into practice and was invited to to do a TED talk as a shame and vulnerability researcher, and she said, you know what, um, none of this means anything unless I'm actually living it. And she was vulnerable uh, during the TED talk, and as a result, um, her her work um, came to uh, came to light. And um, uh, she's got another uh, a website where you can uh, go online and, and participate in online lessons, Courage Works, mm-hmm. I think it's called. Uh, and then, as I said, Kristen Neff has uh, has joined forces with her recently, and, and there's um, a great, again, online classroom that you can go into and uh, 
and yeah, really go deep into uh, uncovering our own uh, shame and and um, uh, and and dealing with it and and walking through it mm-hmm. and coming out the other side, such that such that our shame and our sense of worthiness, unworthiness doesn't uh, define us. Um, neither does does what we do. Uh, define us and I suppose you know coming back to my journey that was you know I don't know if you've seen Batman Begins but uh, I have yeah that's my favorite line in the whole movie right you know it's it's in my Batman voice it's not who I am underneath it's what I do that defines me you know I love that stuff and actually that was my uh, my Skype handle for a long time it's what I do that defines me Um, until I started to fail you know until what I did was was leaving behind uh, all of those women and children until what I did was, you know, um, the the, uh, the army ranger motto, you know, leave no one behind. Well, I was leaving a lot of women and children behind mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to deal with that. So, uh, again, coming back to uh, to Brene Brown's work, I mean, she really helped me with that uh, with that process because, you know, again, the little, the little magnet that we put on our refrigerator says, uh, what would you do today if you knew you couldn't fail? Hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that's lovely. It's nice. It's chick. It's, it's great. But, uh, but Brene, I think uh, goes even deeper when she says, what would you do today that is worth doing even if you do fail? Uh, so even knowing that, uh, that, you know, we, we will fail. It's part of, it's what it means to be human, mm-hmm. um, is we will fail and we embrace you know, we embrace our, our our failures and our weaknesses, and 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 we they don't not as a as a place of fuel for our for our shame and our sense of unworthiness. We embrace them wildly and lavishly and abundantly because that's what it means to be human. Yeah. Um, and and that doesn't define us. It's not what we do. Uh, and, and so when we when we fail. Um, we rise again because uh, we we do so on the basis that we are enough, and and we we take our values, those things that we hold dear to us, into the arena. Uh, and again, I think the the value of Brené Brown's work uh, when it comes, you know, when I think about fighting uh, human trafficking, fighting slavery, or whatever great and noble you know cause or difference we want to make in the world, that as we are in the arena. Um, stumbling and falling and and rising again and falling, that uh, that as she says, that the two greatest and most important seats in that arena are uh, empathy for others and ourselves uh, and self compassion. Mm. And if those two seats are vacant in the arena of our lives, uh, then. Uh, then, uh, yeah, we, I guess we will experience, we will continue to experience what I've, um, you know, sadly become familiar with, uh, mm. destruction, depression, um, discouragement, divorce, brokenness, and despair. Um, but by filling those seats up, mm-hmm. you know, that, that changes everything. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be offering, we typically ask people um, some sort of health tip, one thing that you think people would appreciate hearing, one thing that they could do, one health tip, call it whatever you'd like to do. If there was one thing you were going to say to a lot of people, what would it be? Yeah, I guess um, for me, it's to ask, ask yourself, how can I live today uh, from a place of freedom? Where, where do I 
where do I need mm. to um, to fill up that that place within me? Uh, and, and there's all sorts of ways that uh, you, you know that are unique to the individual, to the uniqueness of our own wounds that we carry from our own childhood, and so it's. It, I suppose it's entirely unique for each for each person. But it's to to go into that place, perhaps firstly uncover those areas where we are living the uh, the from the false self, mm. you know, from the place of the ego where we are hustling for for our worthiness and and the signs of of us doing that are easy to see you know i it was one of the one of the challenges that uh i i discovered in uh you know running a starting a, a charitable organization to to set other people free you you very quickly discover that you need uh, funding to do that and so you find yourself um essentially uh i became a full-time fundraiser uh and then you're you're faced with you know, so how do you actually go about fundraising? And and the invitation in some schools of thought is to use guilt uh, and or you know subtle forms of manipulation to to raise money yeah. so that you can set people free. Which for me was just repugnant. You know, I I'm not going to enslave people with guilt and or manipulate or deceive some people so that I can set someone else free. You know, it makes the, the, that's the, vicious. Yeah, and it just becomes, but that, that's so easily, uh, you know, just one example of, of what can happen, uh, I think, when you're hustling for your worthiness. And um, uh, so I remain uh, uh, vigilant, I suppose, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and um, of those things in, in within us that um, would seduce us and uh, um, have us live from a place uh, that is not um, that is not uh, and uh, you know uh, worthy. That is not whole. That is not loved. So I suppose that coming back to your question, the one thing I'd say is is yeah, just to go boldly, <laughs> mm. uh, courageously with others if if need be. You know the resources of of Brené Brown, Kristen Neff, uh, but to go boldly into that place of whatever the wound is, whatever the shame is, and uh, and to 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 deal with it such that. Um, uh, when we go into the arena, whether it's fighting human slavery or or homelessness or just, you know, going next door to to give, you know, to share a meal with our neighbour, to to or to love mm-hmm. those more wholeheartedly with their own, within our own families, and to to show ourselves the same kind of self acceptance and love that we that we want uh, to show others that we want others to receive from us, you know, I think uh, in the West for some reason that seems to be the um, one of the biggest uh, hurdles for us is we've, as I say, this this lie that um, uh, you know if we treated other people the way the, the self critic in our own mind, you know that um, if we treated others the way we treat ourselves, if we talk to other people the way we talk to ourselves, we would have no friends, we would have no one that wants to hang around us, and yet we so easily <laughs> do it to ourselves and, and sabotage ourselves. Uh, such that you have those shocking statistics that, you know, I think uh, most recently it was uh, 98%, 99% of, of 14-year-old girls don't like who they are. Oh, um, you know, which yeah. then, which then uh, so when? 
those pimps and those boyfriends, you know, quote, uh, come and, and seduce and, and sell lies to them in the malls of America uh, that leaves them so vulnerable and, and, and sex trafficking continues to thrive. So, yes, we need the, the prosecutions. Yes, we need the rescues. Mm. Um, but I, I suppose uh, that's what I'm advocating for, for as well as those things, is, is embracing a generation of people who are willing to, to fight from a place of wholeness and self-compassion and, and acceptance, knowing that I am enough. Mm, nice. So while remaining present, what, what is next for you? Uh, well, yeah, that's a, a great uh, question. Uh, Invader has um, has outgrown me in a sense. It's it's left uh, New Zealand to to go offshore and operate in Southeast Asia, and um, uh, you know my uh, family uh, live here in New Zealand, and um, so uh, so we parted ways at the beginning of this year, and um, I guess it's presented a new opportunity to uh, to actually further this message. Of uh, that I've shared with with you today, and and so I'm essentially uh, doing a lot of speaking, um, writing, and uh, reflecting, I guess, on uh, on how to how to um, to uh, certainly more authentically participate in moving from a place of slavery to freedom, but to do so. In, in a way that, uh, as, as we've discussed, is, is authentic. And uh, so, yeah, um, uh, speaking at, uh, at different uh, events uh, to different communities and, um, um, yeah, really going deeper into, into what this journey looks like to fight from a place of freedom. Yeah, it's nice. Well, I can tell you right now is when we, uh, when we end this show, I'm probably going to be spending some time in self-reflection on this one. Because, because slavery doesn't have to be slavery. Uh, I can see slavery all around, in 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 many different degrees. I mean, it can be addiction. You know, it can be relationships. It can yeah, it can be a standard yeah. of living versus a quality of life. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, we uh, again, I just uh, I come back to that that way of living where if what we do defines us, then we, we carry around this garbage can mm-hmm. uh, in our soul where all of the stuff that we we uh, that we have done uh, and uh, or has been done to us um, that we don't want people to know about, we, we stick it in the garbage can and we, we keep one hand mm-hmm. on the lid of that mm-hmm. garbage can hoping, that none of it comes out, and that no one will see what is on the what is on the inside of our garbage can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, you know, on the outside, we hustle for our worthiness with one hand on the lid the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and as you say, that um, it, it doesn't work because inevitably it does seep out uh, through the cracks of of the garbage can into our life and shows itself in all all kinds of ways, be they addictions, um, which again fuel not only our own slavery uh, but the slavery of others you know and mm-hmm. you, t- you touched on um, addiction I mean pornography mm-hmm. you know uh, there are so many addictions that um, they not only enslave us uh, but then enslave I mean the the human the sex trafficking industry thrives in large part due to the massive um, pornography industry you know they're they're interrelated you can't mm-hmm. separate them mm-hmm. and um, but again if if we use shame, as a way of trying to to fight 
that, which uh, you know, sadly, so many have 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 tried to do. You know, I've been invited to speak at a at a at a men's conference where essentially they wanted to shame uh, the men with you know good intentions. Look, if we can shame shame these men enough. Uh, for the porn that they're participating in, and, and make the excuse me the connection between what they're doing and 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 human trafficking, then they'll stop uh, because you know they'll see that uh, that uh, it's not just them that's enslaved; they're they're enslaving other people. But but it it doesn't work, and essentially yeah. I, I I refuse to do that because shame never. Uh, leads to a, a positive outcome. All it does is, is add to their. Oh man, you know, not only am I destroying my own uh, sex life and and potentially you know my marriage or or you know my relationships, but now I'm also um, adding to the the, the global uh, slavery and and it just drives you know it just makes you all the more desperate to keep keep the lid. Uh, on that garbage can, but um, again, I think the the beauty of of the work of of Brené Brown and others is that um, uh, she has showed us uh, that uh, it's only by lifting the lid and uh, walking through, allowing that stuff to come out, um, and and uh, from a place of vulnerability and um, and self compassion, mm-hmm. um, uh, walking through that stuff that we that we can become whole and free ourselves. Mm-hmm. Nice. Anything else uh, in this wrap-up you want to say? Well, no, I really appreciate the the invitation to to be on the show. And, um, uh, yeah, danielwalker.nz is the is the website. And uh, it's, you know, I'm really at the, at the in some ways I feel like a novice myself. You know, I'm, I'm by no means um, an expert. Uh, and... Uh, so I, I guess I, um, uh, you know, in thinking about how to end this, I'm still on the journey myself. But um, then, then we don't having, end it. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Um, yeah, just that. Um, uh, well, you know, there are there are two paths, and and uh, we we can. Um, I think the invitation is to to. Uh, the wonderful invitation from my own experience, if I can uh, leave with any words of encouragement, is that um, while it's painful to to lift the lid on that garbage can, uh, because there is so much pain that so many of us have, um, you know, trauma would be a bullying in the playground or or abuse in the home or 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 you know the cruel words from a teacher, whatever it is, we all. It's the human experience to to carry around uh, shame and trauma, but if we really want to participate in not only our own freedom but the freedom of humanity moving forward, that so essential uh, and so wonderful to do so from a place of of wholeness and and I am enough. Mm-hmm. Very very nice. Well, I also wanted to remind everybody that. Uh we always include in the show notes all the links and anything that we've included in the particular show. So if you go to alternativehealthtools.com and um, at the top left, you can see an episode listing. And um, not sure what the title of this one will be, but it will be fairly obvious. And if you go to that uh, that link and just click on, you'll see all the show notes with the links and uh, links to Brene Brown and everybody else that we've talked about. Well, Daniel, thank you very, very, very much. Really, really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. All right.